recorded live. Well, hi everyone. We have missed you for three whole weeks. Welcome to this this January eighth, twenty fifteen edition of the Everything Is Energy Show. And this is your host Judy Greeno here to talk about the AIM program of energetic balancing with its developer Stephen Lewis. Stephen is also the co-author of Sanctuary: The Path to Consciousness which chronicles the decades of private practice and research that preceded the launch of the AIM program. We still suggest you get the book, Sanctuary, as it's still one of the best ways to understand our innate ability to self-heal, the need for that, and how the AIM program assists us with that 24-7. As we begin, we want to remind our listeners that AIM energetic balancing is not medicine or what we tend to think of as traditional healthcare, and it does not diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. EMC Squared's holographic spiritual healing technology helps you heal energetic imbalances in consciousness where everything is created and where all true healing occurs. Only you can heal you, and AIM assists you in doing so 24-7. Imbalances in consciousness are what EMC Squared believes to be the predispositions or potentials for eventual negative manifestation unless healed by you. Once healed from your consciousness, imbalances are gone for good hereditary imbalances are, and they can neither manifest nor be passed on to offspring. Hence the phrase, become the first in the history of your family with no family history. Just as every individual is unique, every AIM participant's healing experience is unique to them. And finally, when discussing energetic imbalances that have names that are the same as or that are similar to the names of diseases, remember we work with and are talking about energetic imbalances only, not about actual disease. The same is true when discussing what a given frequency is similar to. We're referring to a frequency or frequencies a given imbalance is found to be similar to. And as we don't perform physical tests of any kind, we cannot and do not confirm or dispute any medical diagnosis. Stephen, good morning. I know you've missed this. We had some time off, but you've missed being with these listeners we have here just as I have for three weeks. Absolutely, I have. Mm-hmm. I have because the listeners here, uh, they join us. I find something and get on the horn and say, here, this is what I found. It's not like I am teaching a course mm-hmm. in what happened, you know, in, in Roman history or something. Right. This here is it. And there is no, we're the book. There is no other source. So that being said, what I'm going to do, since it's been three weeks, mm-hmm. and just to keep the record straight, I will, quick as a bunny, <laughs> go through the imbalances that we found in the past three weeks. Okay. I'll tell you when, they be, when we hit the imbalances that are not yet resolved. All right. And real, real quick, Stephen, uh, if you have, or I will interject the date that each frequency was added to the AIM trays. And I just want to... I just want to get a quick plug thank you in to Roberta up front because uh, four of these frequencies were actually found during the holidays, and Roberta took the time on two occasions to go in the office and get the balancing energies on the main AIM trays. So I just wanted to interject that so people can appreciate the individual attention we all get, whether it's holiday break or not. So thank you for that, and thank you, Roberta. And well, yeah, I think it's important to notice that, to note that people at EMC Squared, including you, are incredibly dedicated. And uh, if we're demented, 
we do so with sincerity. We really believe this is what is happening. We believe this really matters um, without a doubt. And that is why Roberta would take the time to go in and update the AIM program. And that is why I can call on you and I'm going to get whatever I want (laughs) because you're totally involved in this. And so without further ado, I'm going to give you the list of what I found the last three weeks. I won't. I will, and I'll tell you when I hit stuff that still is happening. Okay. Until then, everything I speak of has already been detoxed and healed and is gone okay. in everyone on AIM, with the obvious exception of those who have just been on AIM fairly recently mm-hmm. or have some other predisposing underlying imbalance like parasites. So we begin with 8366. And that was rickettsial imbalance and uh, an insect. And it very simply was found in a puppy. And it's similar to cystic fibrosis and gonorrhea. Uh, I was told about this because a woman asked about her dog who was losing sight going blind. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe, from what I've heard, that is better now. So uh, it's gone, and that's it. And I've seen a couple of these on the AIM program since I found it. Okay. Um, so it, it exists. It's not prevalent, but for it those exists. Taking, for those taking notes, that went on the trays on the 18th of December, So and it's gone. All right, and right after that, we come to 8317, uh, which is, again, Rickettsial and... This was similar to three things. First of all, tularemia, and that was the that was that was very evident because this was characterized by urinary frequency and urgency, which is the predominant symptom associated with the frequency of tularemia. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it was similar to B and B, which is in the hip joints and the spine. Um, and it is in empirically the cause of most of the hip joint replacement that we see in people. And lastly, similar to syphilis, the lymphatics, which those swollen glands in the throat mostly, but it could be under the arm, could be in the groin, but usually it's in the throat. Um, that's syphilis, lymphatic syphilis. And so, as we say, a fond farewell of 8317. We look up, and here we are at 8327. 8327, uh, again, Rickettsial, all from insects. Similar to number one, polio, very, very common, common, common thing. And very noteworthy, because when you got it, at some point in the morning, usually I would say between 3 and 6 in the morning, You'll be awake and notice that you're, you're, you have cramping in your feet, your calves, even your feet themselves, maybe a little higher up. And there's a restlessness. I see this as associated with what we call restless leg syndrome, which is mm-hmm. an unknown condition and why I think it's known. I think this is the primary reason for it. This is the restless leg. And, and it's restless. The muscles are contracting, so they move. That's what they're supposed to 
when they contract. So it's similar to polio, also similar to twee. A second uh, neural imbalance. Twee is trepanematosis and western equine encephalitis. It is endemic syphilis, syphilis without intercourse, which is getting screwed for sure. And lastly, um, but not leastly, if you feel it, it's similar to rat bite fever, which means it itches. Rat bite fever itches, big time. So even though that's the least of the three, maybe the most noticeable because you can't ignore an itch, particularly if it's an itch when you're awake at 3 in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, that is gone, of course. We go to 8337. 8337 is, uh, once again, it's a fungus. No, hold it, hold it, I'm wrong. It's rickettsial from an insect again, and it is very is respiratory all the way, or was at least. It was similar to cystic fibrosis, and I felt it. It was similar to strep rheumaticus and propioni, and uh, I always feel that. And lastly, similar to Mycobacterium ulcerans. Well, there's quite an overlap in here. You've got three respiratory things, and so the bottom line is I had this, and what I did feel was very restricted breathing. It is gone. And that brings us to 8347. 8347, uh, this is getting repetitious, and it will be even more so. Rickettsia, once again, similar to twee. Trepanematosis, Western equine encephalitis. Similar to another neural problem, MS. And still, finally, similar to a type of cancer of the lung. 8347. Very unfriendly imbalance, and it is gone. Okay, and that it doesn't matter on. about these things mm-hmm. as long as they're gone. Go ahead, Judy. I was just going to say, and that was the uh, that was added the twenty third. So the one Stephen's getting to now, the next four were added over the over the holidays. Well, yeah, I was working every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I did. We didn't go anywhere, so here I'm home, and I'm going to come here. Uh, my curiosity is going to get the best of me, <laughs> and that's it. It's not work to me. It's what I do with my life. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we have now 8357, once again, Rickettsial, and short and to the point, similar to polio and similar to strep rheumaticus and propioni. I felt both. Uh, we're getting in the areas of my weakness there. I felt both. And they are gone, but not forgotten. Next, 8367. And 8367, Rickettsial once again, insect bite frequency, similar to, here we are again, polio. And similar to B and B, bacteria, um, Psyllis bovis, and uh, what's the other one? Bacillus cirrus. There we are. Just looking for it. For some reason, my mind went blank, which happens. Okay, and that was found on twelve twenty-seven. Okay, so, that you know, was, but it went uh, on the twenty-ninth. Twenty-ninth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighty-three, okay. fifty-seven, and sixty-seven went on the main trays on the twenty-ninth of December. Okay, well they're gone. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. As well they should be. Okay. Now we that brings us to eighty three eighteen. Eighty three eighteen was a prion. A prion that I know because it was first of all similar to ulcerans respiratory. Secondly, similar to twee. And twee. Well, you know, it's encephalitis. It's very simple. For me, anything similar to twee, trepanematosis and western equinencephalitis, is very, very simple because I just go to sleep. I can't stay awake. I mean, I can't stay awake. I can be just sitting having dinner, and if I let myself, I'll nod off. Wow. I mean, that's what you mean by falling asleep. I don't mean... When I'm tired, I lie down and I fall asleep. I'm talking about while I'm eating dinner. Now, I know how to control it and catch myself, and I have to do it. But if I don't catch myself, I'll just nod off until I'm rid of this tweet thing. Now I'm back. No problem. Okay, so it's some of the ulcerans, tweet, and last, but never least, strep erraticus and propione. Um. But for me, streptomatics propioni is mostly in the thumbs. Eileen feels it a great deal more. She feels it emotionally, and I don't. Emotions. A gentleman has got better things to do than have an emotion. All right. <laughs> so, goodbye to 8318. It is gone. And that brings us to 8328, which was found uh, in 2015. And A328, Rickettsia once again, and it is similar to one imbalance, polio. And it was accompanied by the feet and the legs and all that stuff. I had restless leg syndrome with it. I had that. Okay. So now we're into A338 which was also found uh, on the 2nd of January. Went on, and, went on the trays on the 5th, just so everybody knows. Monday. Right. But it is, it is gone. And today's date is what? Well, today's the 8th. And again, it went on the main trays on the 5th. Today's the 8th. Well, then that may not be gone in everybody. Probably okay. isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that is Rickettsia once again. Similar to rat bite fever. Itching, 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 and more itching. Uh, and it's sharp itching. Suddenly you go, there's like a pinprick itch. You've got to get to it. And when you do get to it, you can scratch it. There's a little thing in the skin sticking up. You scrape it off. And it's flaky. And under it, there's this little red bump. And that little red bump soon will be flaky and so on until there's nothing left. Rat bite fever. Rat bite fever comes from insect bites. Did it ever come from rat bites? I don't know. But uh, I have only seen things similar to rat bite fever. Never rat bite fever itself. And it was always from insect bites. Well, Stephen, before we leave that frequency, 8338, I'm going to ask you to reiterate what you told us on Tuesday about that. Um, we had on our last call with this group on the 18th, we were we had once again talked about how frequencies, even though you've given us a description of them, 
yeah, going to be wherever they want to be. And you you did some extra checking. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, when you have, there's a number of these frequencies, skin diseases. Take any skin disease, um, uh, whether it's psoriasis and sorrow, which is certainly known to be skin flaking, itching, etc. Sorrow means the itch in Greek. Or rat bite fever, which is sure as hell itching, or whatever it is. When you have them actively, you get bitten by an insect and you got them, they are in the skin, they itch in the skin, and that's it. When you have these things hereditarily, or something like these things hereditarily, they are in the skin to be sure, but they're also wherever they want to be because you now have them hereditarily. And they're free to go anywhere in the fetus they wish to go. And so these things are in the lung, they're in the spine, they're in the brain, they're wherever they are. There is no consistency you'd expect when you acquire something actively. And there's not even, um, I can't even tell you what I would expect, where I'd expect to find it. It's a skin disease, it'll be in the skin. Mm-hmm. That's why it's similar to that. But then when I look to say where else is it, I'll find it all over the place. Yeah, it was it was just really interesting when you told us you took the time since you had this, you took the time to to see where all it was present in you, and you had you had a total of seven orbs that you told us about. It was pretty mind boggling. Well, I have it right here. Yep. First of all, I found it uh, in the ears. I don't mean the external ears, internal ear. And I have, I'm a little hard of hearing. Uh, I see that as relevant. I found it in lymphatics, and I had swollen lymph glands had for most of my life in my throat. Uh, I found the skin, sure. I found the sinuses, well, I have sinus problems. I found the liver, and that's heat. And I run hot. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, it's rare for me to say, it's really cold in the ears at the window. Uh, I run hot. Uh, I found it in my nails. That's my toenails. And they're thickened and kind of rough. Uh, I found it in my throat and in my colon. Now, that is something similar to rat bite fever. Yeah. Uh, If I had acquired this, I would find it in the skin primarily. Mm -hmm. That's it. But hereditarily, whatever this is, I mean, it's an imbalance that's unknown similar to rat bite fever, but this is where I had it. So, well, I said, thank you for taking the time to do that because there's still a lot of people who try to uh, diagnose something they're feeling by matching it to some specific frequency, and, and, and this isn't that exact a science. Well, no, they, they it look, isn't that way. exact a science, and it can't be no. because when you have an imbalance, whether even if it's acquired or hereditary, it's going to go to where you have a weakness. Mm-hmm. And so it's exact if you know ahead of time where the weakness is in the recipient. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, you just wonder where it is. Right. It's that simple. If I see anything hereditary in Eileen, I expect it to be to have an emotional connotation. She has weaknesses in that area, and... Most things affect her emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that about her. 
but these are things that affect her emotionally that don't affect others necessarily emotionally. Right. It's, she has a lot of strep, streptomaticus probioni, and they, it affects her very strongly emotionally. It doesn't affect me emotionally at all as far as I'm concerned. Other than I get pissed off because my thumbs hurt, but that's not really an emotion. That's like, you know. Well, and even that, as I recall, Stephen, your, your thumbs, you were a gymnast in your younger days, so you, you didn't really expect to have such, such an area of weakness Never going on there. I expected it. I was a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, I was a gymnast who worked mostly on the rings and the high bar. Wow. Which means that my hands were very, very, very strong. Mm-hmm. They have to be. It was no problem at all for me to take the Philadelphia phone book and pick it up and tear it in half. That's impressive. Uh, well, it was. I used to do it as like a, kind of a party trick. Um, but it is impressive in, in that you got to have pretty damn strong hands mm-hmm. to tear a phone book in half. Uh, I couldn't do it now, but I had no need to. Right. <laughs> but I never dreamt that I would have a problem in my thumbs and fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the things that we have hereditarily. We don't even know it. But... As we age, or as we become immunodeficient, they become more and more obvious, become more and more active, till they become most of what you are. And if things progress with a normal path, and then that's it. You You end up exiting. You end up transitioning from these things. That is the nature of life which we hope to change a tad, just a trifle will be fine. So anyway, so there we are. Um, 8348, I believe I discussed. No, I didn't nope, discuss nope, that we yet. Had two, we got two left that were just that I know about, two that no. were just added yesterday. And, the only... uh, and there's a third one. Yeah, okay. That nobody knows about but me and okay. Eileen. And Eileen and Roberta, I know, is listening. She'll hear about it here, and then I'll talk to her afterwards. But the first of the three that are still present, 8348, mm-hmm. Rickettsio once again, it is similar to Twee, um, which is becoming a major contributor, it's a major drag. All right? Also similar to MS. Well, Twee and MS would be kind of close to each other. Um, especially when you consider that uh, MS is uh, Borrelia myelophora, and that is a Borrelia, and that's in the same family as treponematosis. They're very close. So it's similar to Twee and MS, and lastly, but in keeping with the other two, similar to polio. Honey, would you kill the cat, please? Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Know what that noise means when the cat makes that noise? What? She walks up with her toy, which is a string tied around a cork. Uh Uh-huh. And she walks up with it, puts it down, begins to scream. Play with me. Play with me. Play with me. Exactly. Yeah, they're real subtle like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
end. So that's 8348, still present. Will be gone tomorrow, I would say. I expect. Well, that, that. would be quick. Yeah, it just went on yesterday. Right, will be gone tomorrow. It was Friday. It could last until Saturday. I think tomorrow night, though, is when it looks like it's going to be gone. Okay. Which is Saturday. I mean, you know. All right. And the next one, same thing as far as timing, it's the same. Um, I found them both about the same time. They'll be gone about the same time. Next one is 8358. That's tularemia. It's similar to tularemia, um, which is the bladder, once again. Similar to Borrelia and Serena. Major itching is a major itching disease. It's in the brain also, but uh, it itches. And lastly, similar to Mycobacterium ulcerans, it's respiratory. Uh, and that will be gone, called tomorrow night also. So there's that. We still have that. And lastly, but for me, not leastly, is 8368. Once again, rickettsial, similar to, firstly, strep rheumaticus and propioni. Um, this was known, anticipated, expected. I sat on my thumbs hurting. I went, okay, well, I know what it is, but I had to wait until I could find the frequency. <laughs> I can feel these things sometimes well before I can find them specifically. Mm-hmm. And this was the case with this. But similar to Streporaticus propioni, it's also similar to lymphatic syphilis. I still have a little bit of swelling in the glands of my throat. Not much. Not enough that any that if a physician felt the glands of my throat, he would say, oh, that's, that's not bad. I know it's not, but it's not the way it should be. I, they're bigger than they should be. I only know this because, you know, I know I've palpated so many people's glands and there's so many throats. I know what it should be and what it is. Um, so that's the last one. I haven't given that to Roberta yet, and that's the end of that. Um, I don't know how much longer this will continue. Can't be much. I will say this. Most people I check are finished detoxing. Most. But nonetheless, I've got to keep doing this until... It becomes, so I can say I can go a week or so and not find a new imbalance in anyone. Maybe two weeks, three weeks. Then when I find the occasional imbalance, it's only in one person. Well, that's different. It's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. That is what might be called some genetic mistake that's passed on. But I don't see these others as genetic mistakes. And that brings up an interesting topic. On Google the other day, I read that they had, that some um, endowed cancer institute had said that in looking at the genes for cancer, they found that cancers primarily are simply genetic splicing mistakes. It's just an error that occurs for no apparent reason. Um, I often wonder, I mean, are they just required to say something so people will think they're working? First of all, I have said, and most people have said, that most cancer, if not all cancer, is hereditary. Now, I stick with that statement. However, 
if you want to talk about the etiology of cancer in people, if you find cancer in, let's say we find the frequency of hereditary cancer in you, I think you had that, Judy. Yep, I did. Right. For me to tell about where it came from, i got to be able to look at your parents and say, was it in mm-hmm. either one of them? Right. And if so, I can say, well, it's one generation old. And then i got to look at your grandparents and say, was it one of them? If the answer is yes, it's two generations old. Right. And then three, four, five, six, seven, et cetera. Now, that is an impossibility with human beings. It can't be done because the technology uh, is too recent. Mm-hmm. And what the, how the hell are we going to look at your grandparents and see what they had genetically? Right. I can do it energetically. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they cannot do it with their laboratory equipment. But that didn't stop them from making that statement. I just wonder, very simply, my question is this. What the hell are you talking about? Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. How would they know? It's that simple. I mean, we've speculated in the past about when I find these things. Hahnemann spoke about how prevalent hereditary syphilis was. And I find that trypanematosis is, which is, let's say it's, it's syphilis basically, but it's endemic, not, not venereal. And that is called syphilis. And I say, how would he know if he sees someone with this stuff, whether they got it uh, sexually or not? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't have the equipment. It's that simple. And, but it is syphilis. How did he get did someone get it? He doesn't know. Well, that's fine. Neither would we right now. But he didn't go around making statements based, well, you understand what I'm saying, based upon inadequate information and just make the statement anyway. I right. just feel like they have to say something, so they say something. And then what do they do? Say, I hope it's right. I don't get it. They're being endowed. These are endowments for research. If they want to get an endowment for writing a screenplay, that's different. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just to take one of my many, many, many rants. <laughs> You've heard many. So that brings us somewhat up to date, but I do think that the addendum, the addenda are the most important bit of the information that is um, based upon how many people have no remaining imbalances showing? We're real close to the very end. I was hoping I'd be able to tell you today that we were at the end, but that's not the case at all. It can't be. I just found a strip rheumaticus in me last night. That's why Robert doesn't have it yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't. I finished watching a movie, and she had me a bottle of uh, of. Perrier opened up, and uh, she said, "We opened this for me. My thumbs hurt." <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said, "I laughed." She just said, and I'm thinking, "I said, you well, mine hurt too." How do I just get a rifle and shoot it off? <laughs> okay. And I opened up the Perrier for her, but I said, "You know what? I think I can find this now. Let's go look and see." 
And so getting close, getting close to midnight, I found it, and I put it on by a little lane program here. And it will be on the big game program as soon as we hang up. That's the way it worked, because I knew we had it. You know, your thumbs aren't supposed to hurt. You're just sitting around. So anyway, um, we are very, very close to the very end. Very, uh, by far, the greater preponderance of people have no remaining hereditary imbalances. They are purinas or virgins, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think that'll be just about everybody shortly. I hope so, but I think so. So, uh, when that happens, we always look to say, is there another side of this coin? And I have looked, I, I, I follow things in the newspapers. I mean, I know you do also. You read your Google News and you read your Drudge Report and all this stuff. Right? No, not so much the latter, but I do try to stay current. That's okay. It's usually repetitious anyway. And the incidence of people being diagnosed with um, definitive terminal disease is astronomically high. And the age at which they're being diagnosed is getting lower and lower and lower. And it's becoming interesting. Um, and people who should be in their absolute prime are suddenly having things wrong that should be associated with them being a hell of a lot older than they are. That's becoming more and more prevalent. Again, I can't use names because they're not in the AIM program, and if they were, if I don't have someone's permission, I can't use their name. But these are the people, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, if you will. I look at people. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, I see a ball player, 28, 29, 30, 31, when they're supposedly in their prime, sort of fall apart in the obvious ways. And I see all the excuses starting to come out. Ah, uh, yes, I went on a, you know, vegan diet, or, you know, uh, I went on a gluten-free diet. And I can, I can kind of tell when it's real or when it's just they're trying to, they're, they're, they're scraping hard to find an answer. Uh, and it's getting more and more and more prevalent. Let me ask you, how would you interpret this, Judy? Well, I have a tendency um, to look at a lot of things through what I what I now call Stephen Lewis eyes. <laughs> um, it's not that surprising, really, because you've been talking about these things, these abil- the ability you have to look at anybody's photograph. So this certainly isn't anything new. It just seems to maybe be becoming more and more prevalent that you're seeing this in people who should be in their in their prime. Um, and uh, and it, to me, it just it just speaks to the resounding need that you guys spoke about in the book Sanctuary for people to to um, stop giving their power away to everything outside of them and realize the need to self heal. Um, yeah. I like. I was yeah. just going to say I'd like to think that 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 most people are are doing the best they can with what the what they know. It's just that sometimes it boggles the mind that they they're not open to 
be more open to what all there is that they don't know. And I, just as an example, this this whole flu issue thing, um, I read an article just this morning, Stephen. It was the first. It says the first man in in uh, Boston um, died. And it, but it's interesting. It says first to reportedly die from flu this season. First in Boston, this Dorchester man. He's 23 years old. And it's, it, it says the article says he died from the virus on Sunday. But then they actually said. Cabral had an underlying health condition, according to the Boston Public Health Commission. There's no mention of what it was, but that's the first time um, that I can recall reading something that, that indicates that there was an underlying health condition, but they're still attributing the death to the flu. Well, let's put it this way. Um, I'll tell you just how often is an underlying health condition uh, has always worked. There's always an underlying health condition. Otherwise, you got the flu. It's like a cold. <laughs> right. I mean, when you when someone dies from the flu and his grandmother doesn't, when she comes down with the same flu, mm-hmm. hello. Yep. Doesn't that make you say, "What the hell is going? What's going on here?" I know that's what's mind-boggling. And that, there's and then always that's... an underlying condition, but mm-hmm. the but the question and the problem is that. These underlying conditions should have no impact on people at their age, but they are. It's just like, oh, look at all this strep-type stuff I had in my thumbs. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, hell, until I reached an age where it was relevant, I was doing, I was tearing up phone books. You know, only an iron mm-hmm. cross, whatever. Right. Um, it's that simple. Uh, so there's always an underlying condition. And uh, that's what this is all about, that the underlying conditions are now active, dominant, mm-hmm. when people are still young, in their prime. That's what an immune deficiency does. I mean, what do you think it does? It's not the disease that caused it. Because you can have that disease and appear to be many, many, many years later pretty healthy. I mean, look at Magic Johnson. Yeah. He's just genetically strong. But uh, if Magic Johnson, as far as I'm concerned, if he had had hereditary cancer, he would probably have, uh, I would believe, have uh, suffered consequences from that hereditary cancer. But if you ain't got it, it ain't going to bother you. And you've said before, Stephen, that you, you, you estimate 92% of people have the frequency of hereditary cancer, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And it appears to be associated with unresolved bitterness. I've said all these mm-hmm. things. And so... Magic didn't have that. Mm-hmm. God bless him. You know, but that's 92% means that most people do, but there are those who don't. Right. You know, I look at celebrities. I mean, I didn't hope I don't get any trouble. I look at a guy like uh, Tom Brady, who's a quarterback for the Patriots. He has no frequency that I can see. Does he have hereditary cancer? No. He has. He doesn't have it, and he has almost nothing wrong with him. 
you know, and this is the exception, not the rule, but there mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? You know, the other side of looking at it is people who don't know why, but they are drawn in a given direction. Very common. Because you are drawn, you're pulled almost magnetically in a given direction for a reason, even if you're not sure of that reason when it's happening. And the best example of that is, look at the issues of, let's call it spirituality. As opposed to religion, spirituality is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very different. The size of the audiences for these different spiritual spiritual disciplines the size is huge. It's no longer, oh, there's the occasional weirdo tree hugger. It's now almost, you know, just a matter of course. It's just given. There's a time not that long ago when if you went and drank bottled water all the time, you were a little bit of a weirdo. Right. Who the hell drinks tap water now who can afford to drink bottled water? It's become the rule. The same seems to be true of some kind of spiritual endeavor. People are attracted more and more to one spirit type of spirituality or another. Have you noticed that? Absolutely, Stephen. And I and I think well, it's always always been the case somewhat, but maybe even increasingly so. Uh, we we hear from people who had come across AIM or, or the book was sitting on their bookshelf sanctuary or and they just read it, you know, they had it for years and, and something is, is triggering them, uh, drawing them to to get a little more information that uh, that what they've been doing isn't working, so to speak. And well, uh, let me, let me interrupt you and say this. I know we're getting close to the end of time here, mm-hmm. but today anyway. Um, I don't mean uh, like, you know, forever. Yeah. No, we'll um, be around here for a long time. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> this, when you're attracted, when large masses of people are attracted to what I would call spiritual endeavors, it indicates a somehow a an essential knowing, mm-hmm. sensing and knowing that they must learn how to heal themselves, which has nothing in the world to do with treating and curing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Healing comes from inside you. And people somehow are becoming aware of this need to be able to heal themselves. They don't know why they're becoming aware of it. They don't know why they're being pulled. That's how I interpret it. What do you think? No, I, I agree with that. And I still, um, I still think there are a lot of people you said earlier a big difference between spirituality and religion. I totally agree with you, but there's still a lot of people that consider it one and the same. And I mean, that's their that's their path, that's their journey to ever realize. Well, the difference that is, is pretty clear. Those yeah. simplistic, um, oh, I would call just about scientific level. Religion is exclusionary. Mm-hmm. If you're a Jew, you're chosen. If you're a Jew and someone ain't a Jew, he ain't chosen. Right. By God, obviously. Who the hell cares who anyone else chooses? Okay? 
If you are a Catholic, you can get into heaven. If you ain't Catholic, you ain't going to heaven. Even if the Pope says, well, it's religion, all religion's good. Of course, if you want to get into heaven, you've got to be a Catholic. Otherwise, forget it. Yeah. You're going to sit in the periphery or purgatory, wherever it is, forever. That's exclusionary. That's religion. Right. That's why a true believer in any religion believes in that religion, because if you don't, because if you believe in it, and you, you've got to follow X, Y, and Z, or you're in heavy-duty trouble, and you're in trouble for eternity. Mm-hmm. Not very fair, but there you go. Spirituality is inclusionary. It is the holographic principle. It, and it's, uh, it's, and it's as old as spirituality is. That's how old the holographic principle is, whatever it was called. It's the same. And that is that we are all connected to each other. We are all part of the same hologram. We are in this together. There may be holograms within the greater hologram, and within that there are other smaller holograms. So you and I are a hologram of, you know, people doing this radio program. And we can say there's a greater hologram of those who are listening to it, and on and on. Mm-hmm. The great hologram is everything and everyone. And spirituality is about the perception of our inclusion in this greater, greatest hologram. That's the difference. Um, now, there are religions that try and transcend that, and make them one and the same. I mean, not only they try and do it. Uh, Buddhism tries to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay? The um, New Thought religions try and do that. Um, I remember seeing, when I, when I used to go to Michael Beckwith's church once in a while, I'd see a Jewish star on a cross and, uh, you know, a, a crescent moon and blah, 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 everything else. The point was that uh, this is a spiritual organization. Whatever particular religion you espouse in relation to this does not exclude you from this. Mm-hmm. That was his point. That's the new thought point. New age, new thought, whatever you want to call it. Whatever they call it, I forget. I always get new age and new thought mixed up because there is no difference. Because um, mm-hmm. they're both ancient <laughs> to begin with. That's so, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, how new is this stuff? Wasn't new when Buddha said it. <laughs> but he spoke about being in the oneness. He was talking about the old stuff. Indeed. He was just this new guy saying it. Yep. Everything old is new again. So, I mean, you know, but there's that. Anyway, that's a little bit of my rant. What do you have to add to this, Judy? We should. Well, I should have included you before. Well, no. You've let me get my two cents in here and there and 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 there's there's always going to be more and we're we're kind of out of time but we did i think we did very well Stephen, for covering let's see we covered uh what 12 frequencies so <laughs> so we've done pretty good well uh all we can do is continue you and i and the facilitators on tuesday and then we'll do this call again thursday and may we have many, 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 many fewer new frequencies to talk about at that time. How Let's that? hope we run out of stuff to talk. We'll never run out of stuff. I'd still even say, but okay. We could run out, so of, frequencies, run out of new frequencies, but never stop. 
But as we run out of new frequencies, we will then be involved more and more in frequencies to increase consciousness, which is its whole big subject all Absolutely. by itself. It's what the world is about. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, with that, have a great weekend, Judy, and everybody. Talk right. to you next week. You as well. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, everybody, again, for being with us after three weeks, and we will see you again hopefully next Thursday. Take good care and have a great weekend. Bye-bye now.